Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Okay, I'm just kidding. That was a uh, throwback to the 80s a little bit. You know how if you grew up in the 80s, you had those radio stations that had those Free For All Fridays and anything goes, call in with anything today and all those type of things. So tonight is going to be a little bit like that. There's a few things I'm going to go over this evening. Uh, normally I have a particular item or uh, I dive into something that has been planned. Uh, sometimes not, but tonight is Friday and I was thinking to myself, free for all Friday. So a couple of things. I'm going to go, we're going to talk a little about pastors. Uh, pastors and the definition of pastor. Why would we talk about that? Well, it's pretty simple because, um, you know, I had a former brother of mine. We're going to talk about the Christian life, by the way, uh, what it's like to be a Christian. A former supposed brother in Christ, which... Turns out he was not. Um, evils crept in unaware. Um, sometimes you see things and you hear things and you try to ignore them and thinking or make excuses for them or think that, oh, maybe you're wrong. It's not what I think it is. And turns out you end up being right sometimes, which is unfortunate when it comes to that. Not too long ago, I let a young man uh, become a friend of mine uh, through the ministry, and uh, I personally I made a mistake. I, I should have seen some cultish behaviors and attitudes. Um, I thought he was just had a zeal, and he just was young, and he just didn't understand life, and that's okay. And I'm thinking, you know, the time will go. But this particular person still has been like that, and he has, uh, from what I've heard of others, um, very much like a, a cultish behavior, and it's, it's sad. It's sad. But he had mentioned one time and on, on a video he did an attack on me, which... I never was going to really get really into at this point, and this is not really towards him in any malice or any way, but I see how he made a mistake, and uh, I guess it's easy to do, but he was talking about uh, uh, pastors and different, uh, you know, making excuses why he has his, uh, why women can go out and uh, preach on the streets and so forth, and uh, which is, uh, in my opinion, and the Bible's opinion, uh, not scriptural. It's just not. Um, I did a seven-part series that debunked that whole philosophy, using, by the way, the King James Bible, uh, not my words, the King James Bible, which would be the Word of God. And he had mentioned something about a pastor, the definition of pastor. And in a way, he was right on the definition of pastor, but he also overlooked an item also. So when it came to pastor, he wanted to point out the definition of a shepherd, one that has the care of flocks and herds. And he used that definition to explain Rachel and saying, then that means she's a pastor. Now, here's my problem. If you're going to use the 1828 Webster Dictionary, which I do, I'm absolutely fine with it, and you want to use it the definitions, all the definitions, but sometimes when you give a definition, you want to leave out a definition. We have a problem because now you're like a buffet table, Christian. You're picking the definitions that work for you. 
that same person, unfortunately, and he's not the only one, by the way. Um, he's misled here, too, and that's okay. Uh, well, not okay, but you have to pray for folks like this, you know? Uh, a minister, the second uh, definition is a minister of the gospel who has the charge of a church and congregation whose duty is to watch over the people of his charge and instruct them in the sacred doctrines of the Christian religion. So you can disagree with that, and that absolutely is everyone's right, mine included, to disagree or agree with that. But if you're going to give one definition and explain it, then you need to understand two definitions. If you're going to take other words and go through all 12 definitions, and then you want to take one that fits you, that doesn't work. And I was tonight I was thinking about that a little bit. I was thinking about it a couple days ago, but tonight I'm like, I don't understand why someone would bring up the word shepherd. Why did you think she's a shepherd? And then, you know, the definition of pastor is shepherd. So therefore, it means just people are shepherds. Okay. Um, which pastors in church buildings we use as the definition, the second definition. And as always, I've said this before, one side wants to go 100% one way and the other side wants to go 100% the other way but can't understand how to read the context of each word and when it's used in what situation. It's always the first scripture and last scripture. And never all the scriptures in between. It's interesting how that works out. So, I went to the King James Bible, and I didn't back then, which I should have, and uh, I just ignored it as just a petty person who wanted to attack others and... The person, in my opinion, at that point was insignificant uh, and not worthy of the time because they were just a child. But I realize Stephen is not the only one who probably thinks this way. And if you just overlook someone who makes a mistake or error, not on purpose, but just made a simple mistake, if you overlook that, then I failed to do my job. When I mean job, it's not the job of a pastor making $40,000 a year in church building or or making it offline or anything else. So in verse 9, which I believe this person quoted, And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. It doesn't say she's a shepherd. And some will say, well, it means that. But see, here's the problem. We start putting our, our own ideas of what something means. And when you do that, you may miss the point of what it means. You have to take the whole context, the whole situation, the whole time frame, all of that to understand what this is talking about. I don't mean this in well, this here in particular, but all of scripture. I, again, these buffet table Christians, I don't understand. So tonight, it came to me. Stephen. Well, I didn't really go Stephen. I'm just making a joke there. But look at the NIV. I'm like, what? Why am I thinking the NIV? So, I go to the NIV, and in that same verse, this is in Genesis chapter 29. So if you have a King James Bible, you can, uh, it was chapter 29, verse 9, in the King James Bible, no shepherd. Now we go to the NIV, which is the New International Version, because, you know, you got to make things new or change things. Excuse me. Uh, chapter 29, also, verse 9. And where is it here? And it says... While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. So I thought to myself, huh, 
Well, I guess if you're going by the NIV, but if you claim to be a King James person, why you're agreeing with an NIV, I do not know. But if you're claiming it, the Bible says right there, calls her a shepherd and shepherdess, well, so does the NIV. So I guess if you're holding a King James Bible, please put it down because you are not following the King James Bible. In that particular scripture, you have just followed the NIV. So it also, by the way, in verse 9 in the King James Bible, according to the Hebrew, the Hebrew according to the Masoretic text, there's no shepherdess. Um, for those of you in Masoretic text, that's the King James Bible. If you are a true King James Bible-believing person, then you believe in the Masoretic text. If you do not believe in the Masoretic text, then you're not a King james onlyist. And that's okay if you don't want to be a King james onlyist. That's perfectly fine. You have that right. It's free will. So if we go to the Masoretic text, which is, uh, uh, like I said, the foundation here, going to verse 9... It says, now this is the Masoretic text with the King James Bible is based off of. It says, while he was yet speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she tended them. So, obviously King James said, kept them. This was attended them. Um, same thing, clearly. But again, we have no shepherdess. But, the NIV does say shepherdess. And coincidentally, Coincidentally, so does the ESV, and so does the NLT, and so does the NASB. So, my question to anybody who says that that scripture says shepherd and claims to be King James only, I'm not sure that you are. Maybe you clicked on some little article online to get your information real quick and thought you were reading the King James uh, online site. I don't know, but if you were, I, I would suggest that you stick to the King James Bible and stop trying to find these uh, little articles sometimes. Now, I'm not saying you can't read articles in different places when you're getting points of view and debunking things, and but do your research. And most importantly, the biggest research you can do is, well, your King James Bible. Now, that is the King James folks. Now, people with different Bibles, well, this conversation, you should know that she's not, that she wasn't a shepherd or a pastor, um, which has been said. Now, now I was reading, I did read somewhere, and, um, well, this is an example, now I'm going off page, but the example I was thinking of, I was trying to think of an example, and so I, so I was talking to my wife, I said, it's kind of me, like me saying, while my wife was sick in bed, the mother of my children, I fed the, my, my kids supper, which is what my mother, uh, my mother, my wife does as the mother. So if I feed them that evening, then that means I must be the mother? Do you see what happens there? If I'm, if someone is with someone who is with sheep, are they a shepherd? See, a lot of things, and by the way, who did take over that flock and who became the actual shepherd? Well, it was a male. It was a man. Same thing with Moses. Do you see what happens here? So remember, we had all daughters. What are you going to do here? Once there was a man there, then you had a shepherd. And they were referred to as such. Now, don't tell me about this. Well, I mean, they maybe not had the word shepherd. No, that is an absolute lie, because the word shepherd was a around a long time. So, I wanted to go with that. Now, I want to talk about the statement called filthy lucre. Um, that is something that came across my path also. Now, I was thinking about people who just live off of donations only and don't do anything, and I'm probably going to alienate a few people, and there's a few people... Who uh, do good preaching? I have my issues with uh, um, how they live, but you know some of their words are pretty good, and they got some things on. But again, 
it's it's about taking living one way and not the other. Now it doesn't mean that we're not living a mistake and we recognize our mistake and we change it and we become a better person and that's okay. Nobody's perfect. There's got to be some sort of uh, some sort of uh, growth. So in First Timothy chapter um, three, let me turn. Oh, I'm in the wrong Bible. Definitely in the wrong Bible. I was opening up the NIV. Yikes! Very much the wrong Bible. All right, let me get back to King James over here. Yikes. So, you know, people talk about the pastoral epistles. Funny, it's called the pastoral epistles, and nobody wants to believe in pastoral epistles. Now, I'm not saying, again, you have to be a church building. I've had this conversation. I feel like I'm repeating myself a hundred times because people sometimes are dunce and they're a little thick-skulled. What are you going to do? Sometimes they want, want to do it their way instead of God's way. First Timothy chapter 3. Now, I'm going to skip right down to it. I'll fix my glasses here. I've got some cheap glasses on. All right. Chapter 3, verse 3. Not given to wine, no striker, no, not greedy of filthy lucre. And I thought to myself, people use that, and I've talked about the husband and one wife, and I sort of use different things in, in there. Well, you've got to blame, blame this. You can't have this. You can't have this. So you're ruling out a lot of people, and, that, and that's fine. You should be very selective. But interestingly enough, there are many folks out there who do call themselves pastors, or think they're teachers and preachers, and somehow don't seem to fit all the criteria themselves, but they're quick to tell you you don't fit that criteria. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. That's going to be my new word for the evening. I think I'll put that on a t-shirt. wouldn't actually make a very good t-shirt. Interesting. So, this is one particular pastor. Um, nice guy. Seems like a decent man. Um, but there are a lot of good people and decent people who are going to hell, and that's just the way it is. And uh, I'm not saying he is or isn't. I'm just saying, doesn't matter how nice and good you are, you know, you got to worry about the others. He, um, his children live off of the system, which is the government, and their health care is from the government. That's unequally yoked. There's another person who calls them a teacher, themselves a teacher and a preacher, who lives off of government money. That's filthy lucre. And, and explain to me how it's not filthy lucre. Let's go to the definitions, because some folks love the definition. I'm all over the definitions. They're exciting, aren't they? So first we'll go with, actually we'll go with uh, lucre. The definition of lucre is a noun. Latin for lucrum, if you want the Latin part. Gain in money or goods, profit, usually in an ill sense, or with the sense of something based on unworthy. Huh. Uh, it quotes uh, Titus 1.7 also. A bishop must be blameless, not given to filthy lucre. So if a bishop is, or a preacher, or a teacher, or anybody wants to be ahead of any sort of organization or cult, if they are guilty of the filthy lucre, and again, if they are accepting money from the government of which they oppose, I'm sorry, are you not filthy lucre? Well, that was the definition of lucre. Let's go now to the definition of filthy. Dirty, foul, unclean, nasty. Yikes, that's the first definition. The second definition is polluted, defiled by sinful practices, Morally impure, impure. So, if you're getting money from the government, if you served in the armed forces at one point and you're still taking it, I say discontinue. By the way, you can discontinue. I've known, I have learned a lot on that recently. You don't have to take that money. 
Uh, some say you don't, and when people tell you, oh, they don't, they can't work, um, that is not always true. Unless you are physically unable to work, physically unable, and even then there are some who still go to work. Um, I worked with a guy, worked with a couple guys. One was diagnosed with PTSD. Now listen to my sentence. I worked with a guy, so he works, who's diagnosed with PTSD. And he still collects. And he works. So I don't want to ever hear from anyone that they have PTSD so they can't work. Or the government told them they can't work. That's not quite true either. It is true if you don't want all their money. So what they do is if you don't want to, if you want to keep collecting their full amount of money that they give you, then you have to not work a certain amount of hours. So how is that not unequally yoked? Well, it is unequally yoked. And that's filthy lucre. Now, this is not to talk about people who can truly, truly not work. There are some people who just cannot function. They can't talk. They have issues communicating. They have all types of problems. And they were seriously, seriously hurt and brain damaged. Well, then, yes. They're not accepting filthy lucre, although society itself should be helping that person, not the government as much, but that's a whole different go-back-in-time type of thing. I want to address that. And again, so if you're if you're a King James person and you are breaking knees, you got a problem. And I already pointed out the uh, the Masoretic text version of it. So again, Rachel's not a shepherd in the sense that you want to use it to be. Let's not play words. Anybody who does that, that is what we call a sleight of hand. And they're getting their information from the NIV and not the King James Bible and not the Masoretic text. So, you are not, whoever you may be, are not King James fully. Maybe you're looking at your little blue letter Bibles and whatever little online things you got out there. And I know there are a lot of online apps on there, but I prefer, so I have a Bible with me at all times. I have which, what I've always referred to as my truck Bible. A lot of people know that. And when I say truck Bible, it's not a new truck. I don't owe on that truck. It's got rust on the fenders. It's got, uh, it's got a little hole, too, above the back tire. And uh, I don't mind having it there at all. It doesn't bother me one bit. I don't need a new truck with GPS system in it and all the other stuff like that. Um, boy, that's a little precocious, isn't it? That's uh, I would I would trust, and I'm not saying me, but I'm just saying I would trust any preacher, anyone who drives a 12-year-old Honda Civic that's got the wheels falling off. But you know what? The only thing that's not falling off is their faith and their trust in the Word of God. That's not falling off. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, doesn't it? I want to talk now about being a Christian every day. Everyday man of God. See, the problem with, with people who want to teach and preach and, uh, and they, 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 they uh, get pretty words and they try to be as eloquent as possible, so can I. I can break out some crazy eloquence. That's not even an eloquent sentence in itself. They want to break out Greek. They want to break, break out Latin. Although my favorites have always been the fake... 
uh, preacher, pastor, whatever, who's like, well, I'm just a simple man, and I don't know anything, and, and, and I'm just like you. No, you're not. No, you're not. Don't play games. You're playing games is what you're doing. Any born-again Christian also who tells you they don't struggle is a liar. A lot of people want to make other born-again Christians feel guilty or about, well, if you trust God, these things wouldn't happen. You're a liar. Now, God is going to help you through certain things. I'll tell you, my wife and I are blessed beyond belief with abundance that you wouldn't even possibly imagine in one area. And then there are other areas, well, I was struggling a little bit. Not like marriage-wise, we're very blessed there, but there are other things. So, I love that nonsense. Well, I'm blessed every day. I tell people I'm blessed every day when I wake up, because I am. But we go through struggles. So I'm going to be a, more of an open book this evening. So my wife and I, we've had our troubles. I don't mean with each other. I'm never trouble. I'm, I'm so perfect, and I never make mistakes. And I never leave any clothing on the floor by my bed that my wife has to clean up once in a while. It's never happened. Okay, I'm kidding. Obviously, that happened. Um, you know, we both came together in some rough times. My life had hit a pretty low point. You know, a lot of things just went wrong. And I, you know, struggles. Struggles like you wouldn't believe. Um, barely able to make ends meet. Barely able to feed my son. Did the best I could. It wasn't easy. It was hard. And I knew there was a purpose for all these things. It was just hard. It was just difficult. And I just, and I just had to keep on praying whenever I can, which was nearly not enough. Let me, I'll be the first one to tell you, not nearly enough. And my wife, the same thing before we were married. She had troubles. Husband that abandoned her. My marriage had fallen apart. I was unequally yoked. I messed it all up. And there are some out there that goes, oh, well, you're not qualified for certain things because you're married. Shut up. Shut your unbiblical, non-Christian mouth. Folks like that have never experienced real life. And somebody says, oh, you just shut, shut up. That's a very anger uh, way of it. No, I, I get very annoyed that these type of people will lead people in the wrong direction and make them feel guilty. Some of these th people feel guilty already. And some some were Christians and some were not Christians when things happened. If we judged you for everything you did when you were a non-Christian while you're spouting off at the mouth, we'd have some problems, wouldn't we? But that fell apart. Same thing with my wife. And we were... Both in situations, just barely making it work. And then we found each other. Well, I should say God found us for each other. And our lives are incredibly blessed. I consider ourselves monetary wealth, monetarily rich. And we're not rich, by the way. But when I look at where we were, where we came from, and where we are, I consider ourselves very rich. But our definitions of rich are different. Some people consider a million dollars rich. 
I used to joke a long time ago, this is going to be a very long podcast tonight, so buckle in, guys and gals. Um, you know, i got to be equal. But uh, I used to joke to people, I'm like, hey, you know, one day, you know, when I was young, I was like, oh, one day I'm going to win the lottery. When I was, I was like a kid, when I was 15, I'm in high school. I'm going to win the lottery, I'm going to win a Lamborghini. And then when you get older, then your dream was like, yeah, if I win a lottery, I'd pay the oil bill. Things are different. When you're young, not all, and that's the thing, when you're young and a baby in Christ, you look at things differently until you experience life and you understand what scriptures really mean. You can put them into play the proper way. And young guys who haven't experienced anything or nearly enough, they don't get it. I was talking to my wife today about the when the babies are toddlers and and it's one of the most beautiful the, the if you're not a parent, you won't understand this next statement. But when that toddler runs to you, it is actually the purest form of love on this earth. Yes, your husband loves you. Yes, your wife loves you. But that love is unbelievable. It's an amazing thing. But see, here's the thing. If a man is not a pastor, I'm sorry, not a pastor, claims to be a pastor, or preacher, or teacher, all these things, how can they teach you the ways of this world and how to use scripture when they have never had to use the scripture and never been in any situations where they had to? It's okay for a baby in Christ to have zeal and, and want to do good things. That's great. But how can you teach as a novice? I know every word of the Bible. And my favorite, that's one of my favorite uh, things too. People will tell you, I know every scripture of the Bible. I've studied the Bible and yet you know nothing. Satan knows the Bible. Be careful of that. So that's why I don't follow, I, I, I really don't follow men or listen to men too often that have no experience in life. And it'll be weird to say that God has blessed me by letting me go through some very bad times, but I have been blessed. And my wife always likes to say the, the sentence, keep your eyes on Jesus. She loves that song. She loves those songs too, but she likes that song. But in, it, it, I joke about it with her, but it's true. Now, we are monetarily very well off. When I mean well off, we're able to pay our bills. We're able to buy groceries every week without struggle. And I know people out there do struggle. And, I, and believe me, I know. We were blessed this evening. And please don't take this the wrong way. I, I promise you, this is not in any precocious matter whatsoever. But we tend to stockpile food. Long-term stored food. Um, not for like, you know, to live for a hundred years from now and doomsday and da-da-da. No, no, no. Just when, when there are hard times in the economy and, 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 and look, we saw the whole uh, uh, chain supply and all that kind of things like that. You prepare for these things to ride those waves and be prepared. Um, but we have, you know, and certain things like rice. Like that's one of the easiest things people buy. And we got tons of that too. And... Um, this evening, we were, we were blessed to be able to be in the position to donate food to uh, one of her cousins whose husband left her with two kids. 
and ran off with someone. And this was not due to any fault of her own, because I had to make sure. So we were in a position to bring food, tons of rice. Goodness knows I had, we have plenty of rice, uh, plenty of elbows, plenty of oatmeal. And I'm saying this without precociousness because the Lord had blessed us immensely when it came to this area of our lives. We didn't have any need or want for food. We're, we are very we're good. So that must make me a perfect Christian who's got everything all figured out. I'm good. I have no struggles. No. Now, my father's, if you follow that, my father's into our lives. We have to take care of my father. And I'm dealing with one of his tenants who refuses to leave the building. Now I have to be, I'm getting involved with lawyers and police department and all these other things to take care of that. So born again Christian, still there's some struggles that you have to deal with. This is about life. But if you hide yourselves in a little cave somewhere and never deal with people and never put yourself out in the world, these are the same people that will tell you, oh, you're going to suffer persecution. I'm not sure that you will suffer persecution if you're hiding. It is a rough world every day. We have to deal with gay pride flags in workplaces and stuff like that. I just uh, left my job, not for that particular reason, although I would have. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, well, good thing I put in my two-week notice because I'd be putting it in right now. And why wouldn't you just walk out the door right then and there? See, here's the thing. How do I, how do I, how do I point anybody to Christ if I have a negative, angry approach to that situation? I have nothing. Just to some another angry Westboro Baptist guy. Those freaks who yell faggots and gonna die and all this other kind of stuff. No, no. Use discernment of when to speak, how to speak, who to speak to. A lot of people don't. So I had to do this exit interview. They call it enter, uh, exit interview. And some of you might know, it's been a long... I forgot that it even existed because I haven't done an exit interview in probably... Oh, I don't know, 20 years, maybe 15, 20 years. It's been a long time. I didn't know they did them anymore. Um, and I spoke in a lot of these little questions on there. How do you feel about the company? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I told them I would tell, I, I've already told people and will continue to tell people to never work for that company ever because of the fact that they put that flag out. And they've chosen immorality, corruption, politics, instead of. Hiring people to do jobs. And I went on and on. And, uh, and uh, I think the last sentence was, I don't know, something like, um, what would you tell the company? Or what, do you, what, what advice would you give the company? Or something? I don't know. It was the last one. But I remember putting down, uh, uh, turn to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I talked about another another part of it, that the company was breeding disunity among people. And uh, the Bible is all about unity and not disunity. And this woman turned to me and was so she turned the paper to me when she came back. And she says, uh, what do you mean by breeding a hostile? And so I explained to her. And I says, listen, I'm a Christian. I am a born-again Christian. This is what I believe. You see... You have a right in this country to fly certain things. Now I'm born again, so when I see a witchcraft sticker on the back of a bumper car, should I come in and start yelling and playing they shouldn't have that on their car and, it, and I'm offended? 
No, that's not the approach I took. I took the approach of explaining why it's wrong. It's all about using discernment and approach. And somebody would probably ask me now or even in their heads right now, would you really have quit? Yes. Absolutely 100% yes. My wife and I talked about that a while back when it came to the uh, vaccines. We were prepared to quit our jobs and, and just live in a one-room apartment. They did it in 1923. We can do it in 2023. We're convinced that we need all these special things that we have. I don't have any giant screen TVs or anything like that. I got a small monitor that I work with and a decent mic, actually. It's probably the nicest thing I got is the mic. We have to live every day and we deal with these people who lead you astray in scriptures. We're not biblically founded. They're based on their own beliefs, their own ideas. We live in a world that's absolutely corrupt beyond belief. But we have evangelicals in the sort telling us the only way to fight back is to be loud and scream. To be just like the other side. I told this woman also that I, I was both anti-Trump and anti-Biden, so they weren't going to put me in a pre-designated box that they like to create for themselves. And I was anti-both. And I said for two different reasons. Well, two reasons, but many reasons in the reasons. I'll get into that. Both sides were corrupt. Every day living for God is not perfect all the time. And just because you pray on it, doesn't mean you get that car that you prayed on. Just because you prayed to win a million bucks doesn't mean to get in a million bucks. How about praying for the things that matter? You know, your children's health. To be stronger in the Word of God. I'm going to be talking about some other things down the road. Oh, by the way, um, there will not be a, a, a Whiteboard Wednesday until August, I believe. I'll probably get it back up around August, unless I try to do one in the truck, because the truck videos are going to be coming back again, for too, for a little bit. Um, again, those of you who follow me uh, know that we're in the middle of the big move. We're, you know, sold my father's house, my house. We're moving down to another state, uprooting a whole family. That's another thing. A lot of us can are always convinced that we can't just leave where we are. But we're a family of five, and we're uprooting our whole family, our whole lives, and we're moving to another part of the country. I didn't say it'd be easy, but with God, it won't be that hard. And i got to move my father with us, which I'm not complaining. I am, again, my wife and I are blessed to be in the position that we can take care of our father. Our father, her father-in-law, my father, my, my earthly father. So there'll, there'll be uh, the truck video. So there's not going to be the podcasting will be a little bit different. Um, I am going to be using a mobile device. 
I will be doing the podcast much differently, so it might sound differently, but uh, I'm going to still put them out there. Truck videos will be there also. Uh, but again, there will not be any whiteboard Wednesdays um, unless somehow I'm able to get a small whiteboard and do one in the truck, and that'll be a little awkward, but I don't know, maybe I will. Um, I, I get crazy like that. Always thinking outside the box whenever I can. So that was my free-for-all Friday. It wasn't a very... Uh, I was gonna say Pacific. <laughs> my uh, as, as I because I was just thinking about my son when he was little, he used to say Pacific instead of specific. Uh, uh, cute when they're little and they grow up and they're pain in the neck. No, I'm just kidding. All my kids are, I like my kids, they, I love them very much. But uh, if you're gonna follow men out there, quite honestly, you might want to follow those who, oh, I don't know, have some sort of experience. It's easy to talk about the Word of God. Now let me see you put into action. That becomes a bigger issue, doesn't it? There's no persecution if you don't face persecution. If you hide in your house or your apartment or your basement, just because you go out into the forest sometimes and make a video doesn't mean you went out into the world. Nice try. That's not, by the way, that wasn't a specific comment to anybody in particular, but multiples of people who, you know. I don't think I've ever done an outside video yet. Have I done an outside video? I don't. Now I'm talking to myself on air. I don't think I've ever done an outside video. Maybe I will once. I don't know. I'll have to look back at it. I don't, other than being in the truck, I don't think so. Oh, no, I did. I did. Oh, wow, a long time ago. It was, uh, why Christians... Or should Christians order from Amazon or, I don't know, it was, it was years ago. I'm pretty sure, something like that. It was a short video. Anywho. Again, see, I'm, I'm off the cuff here tonight mostly. Um, free for all Friday. I will be back tomorrow night though. Um, I'm, I am working on something, trying to finish it up. And I'm awful at finishing things up because I'll start it and then all of a sudden it'll all hit me. Two hours before uh, the, the uh, podcast. So that's how I roll. But thank you for everybody who's listened. Thank you for praying for me. Those I know there are a few of you out there that I know that are that has prayed for my family. And I'm thankful. And we pray for yours also. Um, though, especially your family that isn't saved. We pray that that happens. Um, uh, please keep on uh, spreading the gospel, so to speak. Uh, start, keep sharing the word. I think there are some people who are, are kind of just giving up and saying that, hey, listen, that's it. We're at the end. Well, I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying, uh, for me, I just have a problem with just all of a sudden, no more. I'm not going to preach anymore. There's no one to reach anymore. Uh, no, I don't believe it at all. I remember a long time ago, I once said, like, if I hand out a million or a thousand gospel tracts and one hits the right hands, Okay. But what if I only handed out a hundred? Maybe I wouldn't have gotten to that one person. Just, just keep on being out there, guys. Just be keep on uh, uh, being being witnesses out there. Just and women, I know you you've got kids and you go to the homeschool groups. Those are perfect women uh, in those situations. If you go to one of those local parks and meet other women playing with kids, oh, you shouldn't be with non-Christian women. Which I agree, by the way. But if one happens to be there, well, time to spread the word of God, isn't it? 
spread another knowledge to another woman. Uh-oh, somebody's going to say, you, you are backing up preaching. No, I'm not. Pay attention. And with that, I say thank you. God bless. And have a beautiful evening.